Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 46 of the Patriot Review. This episode, I have a, a great couple of interviews for you. I have a focus in this episode on Islam and the threat that Islam poses, poses to the to Western civilization as a whole. You may have seen the news this week that the Holocaust Museum took a picture that they had down as part of their exhibit of uh, the Mufti of Jer Jerusalem at the time of World War II, meeting with Adolf Hitler. And uh, Haj Amin uh, al-Husani was the Mufti at the time, and they had also pictures of him uh, meeting the, the Muslim troops uh, within the Nazi army. And I found that really surprising that they would remove that. And I, I went online, I also looked around, and... You know, I came across the World Holocaust Remembrance Center, and they have an article also. In this article, uh, they really go through and try to minimize the role that the Mufti played. And, you know, at the very same time, we have the far left uh, still saying that Trump um, incited the January 6th protest which we now know was staged. But uh, at the very same time, we have the minimization of uh, the Muslims who were in the Nazi army. Uh, and they try to minimize this role. Um, so this is very timely because uh, the show that I have for you today, I have uh, two, two great guests that are going to talk about Islam and, and its threat. So I want to get started with that right away. But before I do, just a quick reminder that you can win a black American flag. And of course, remember that stands for Take No Prisoners. Um, that flag, if you email me at redbloodedpatriots with an S, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, put flag in the subject line. I will uh, have a drawing once I get uh, several, several of you email. And I'll let you know when that's going to happen in the future. Also, you can support the show by going to MyPillow.com and use the code TPR. And that would be awesome. They have awesome product. I use plenty of MyPillow products, and I can tell you the quality is second to none. That is the absolute truth. So go use TPR as the code. It stands for the Patriot Review. And uh, get yourself a discount up to 66%. Also, I have merch. And I have membership levels as well. And that you can find on my website at redbloodedpatriots.com. And lastly, I would love it if, if you would uh, go to Frank Speech and send them uh, an email or contact and ask them to get this show on their live feed on Sundays. That would be excellent. I would really love to be on live. So anyway, today's show. Um, in the future shows, I'm going to have a regular segment called Eye on Islam, and I'll have one of two or maybe both guests that you'll see today be part of that going forward. So it'll be an interesting segment. A lot of 
shows aren't really covering it much anymore. Uh, and a lot has happened since 9-11. Remember, we said we'd, we'd always remember and never forget, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So I thought it important to, to continue to uh, shed a light on the threat uh, that Islam poses to us as a free country, as a Christian country, and the rest of the world, the Western civilization as well, all non-Muslims. So uh, that will be called Eye on Islam. And I'm going to get started and show you the first interview right now. My guest today is Dr. Bill Warner. I'm happy to have you back, Bill. Um, I, we're going to do this on a periodic basis and have a new segment called Eye on Islam. And there's no one better to talk about that than you, sir. So thanks for being here. Well, glad to be here because we're talking about my favorite subject. Yes, we are talking about a subject that doesn't get enough attention. And specifically today, we're talking about um, the impact of Islam on Europe and the, the number of refugees and the immigration issues. But you're right about one other thing. What's that? Between Covoid, Biden, and some other issues, there is less interest found generally in the news today about Islam. Yes, there is. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring in the European business is that they're much more keenly aware of the problems that deal with Islam than we are. We don't see it in the media here. Is that done on purpose or is that done on the part of the European governments? Now, are you telling me that you think that some of the media would have a bias? Oh, boy, that's what that's what I'm all about. The, the media <laughs> is lying to us about every everything that you mentioned, COVID, the economy, the purpose of the vaccine, all the way to this. And, you know, honestly, I think that uh, after 9-11, they found out that maybe Islam wasn't enough of a threat to control the population, so they go towards this whole pandemic thing. But that's another that's another conversation. So, you know, I think um, you're absolutely right. It doesn't get enough attention, that's for sure. So, um, specifically, the how long has this been going on? Where we've we've had uh, this many refugees coming into these countries. Has it increased over the past 20 years, 30 years, or what's your thought on it that? It seems to me it's increased enormously. And furthermore, the character of the illegal immigrants, can I use that word? You certainly may. Is changing. It used to be basically we were talking about people who wanted to do manual labor. And by the way, I grew up doing manual labor. It's not, a, I don't have a prejudice against that. I grew up on a farm, baled hay, milked cows, blah, 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 all that. Mm -hmm. So, I have nothing against it. But now then we have a different kind of person who could well be a member of not only a, a Mexican gang, but we're also getting people come in who are Muslims who have ideas of jihad in the mind. Yes, we certainly are. And and um, I remember back after 9-11, after I did a, a brief limited term employment contract to plan mass immunizations for smallpox. Smallpox was the big fear then. Uh, and I remember even then that we found 
you know, like a prayer rug and we found uh, a book on jihad and we found, we were seeing that kind of stuff come across the border more and we'd find stuff on the border like that. So, and today with our, or our basically our border is non-existent. We have people coming from some 150 countries, you know, so uh, the problem is only getting worse, not only in Europe, but in the United States, wouldn't you say? Yes. Now, Europe has their own migration problems, which with regards to Islam are perhaps even worse than ours. There also, are a, a few people who are steadfast against immigration into Europe, but Viktor Orban comes to mind, for instance. He's a political hero of mine. Uh, sort of imagine a Donald Trump, but who was polite and quiet. <laughs> yes. But spoke what he thought. And so we have now, we have people like him, but then of course we have people with Mac, like Macron or, mm -hmm. oh, who's the lady from Germany? Merkel. Merkel. And she, best I can tell, she wants all the Muslims she can get. Here's an interesting thing about the Europeans. In Germany, there are many, many Muslims, mostly Turkish. They've been there for a long time. Only half of them have jobs. So there's a, this huge drain. And is that, you know, I've seen very limited press over the past few years about, you know, the, the citizens of Germany and other countries protesting and, and you know, rising up against this, uh, allowing basically any refugees in because they're losing their jobs, right? Well, what do you think is going to happen here? Exactly. This black politics are such they seem to not realize that when it comes to the low end of jobs, that is blue collar jobs, these people are going to be competing with blacks. I was talking with a man time in the South, concrete brick and block work was traditionally done by blacks. And he was doing a job. I says, you know, I, I've lived in Tennessee for a long time. And it used to be that you saw blacks doing brickwork and stonework all the time. But I said, I rarely see it. He said, I can't undercut their price. Wow. So he said, they're driving me out of business. So what I'm trying to make a point here is, is that these are serious issues. And that we seem to be treating them as, uh, well, they'll vote for our party in the next election. Well, you notice uh, in, our, in our country specifically, this current, um, I won't call it an administration because it's its not even, it wasn't elected in my opinion, but uh, they have a problem when people are coming from Cuba and they send them back because they know that the Cubans are by and large um, Catholic and, and more likely to not vote for their party line. So it's, it's been very selective and very obvious and I think that there are so many attacks on America today that people simply, there's not enough attention. I mean, you, it'd be all you're doing. It's, there's so much happening right now. And uh, people, I think, still have their head in the sand too much. Well, they've got it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see that we're going to have a lot of Afghans come into this country. Yep. And... We're going to have, if things go as they have in the past, we're going to have some serious issues here. These are tough men. 
and they don't particularly care for us. So you say, well, they've got to care for us. They're moving into our house. You can move in also for the opportunity to invade. Which is exactly what part of the jihad is, isn't it? It's, it's about infiltration, deception, and then acting. It turns out, here's an interesting fact. The Muslims keep a calendar which is called, which relates its time to the Hajj, the, the Hijra, when Muhammad and his men moved from Mecca to Medina. Now, why do they do that? Well, it's very simple, because if you plot the growth of Islam, for the first 13 years, Muhammad preached the religion of Islam and converted roughly 150 people. When he went to Medina, this was the Hijra, he became a politician and a jihadist. And when he died, every Arab on the peninsula was a Muslim. So this was their time of success. It was a time of invasion. It was a time of imposition of Sharia law. So this has been done before. One of the things that I admire about Muslims, and that may sound like a strange thing to do, but I think you need to admire some of the qualities of your enemy to give them some respect. Mm -hmm. Because if they're powerful enough to be able to bring battle against you, you should look and see what all their qualities are. Now, there's not a lot of positive qualities I find with this, but there are some. And one of the qualities I like about Islam is they never, ever quit. That's for sure. What do you say to people who say that Islam needs to go through a reformation just like Christianity did? Is that is that uh, pie in the sky wishing or is that something that's legitimate? It's talking with someone who doesn't have the slightest idea what the answer to this question is. Listen carefully. What is Islam? Now, if you know what Islam is, you know it's composed of the Quran, the Sirah, Muhammad's biography, and the Hadith, his traditions. Now, the Quran is said to be eternal, created before the universe, and so it's perfect. How do you change perfection? And Muhammad, which in his biography, which gives basis to Sharia law, what are you going to do about that? Because you, got, you can't change his biography, you can't change his traditions. Do you notice I'm arriving at a logical conclusion here? You cannot change it. That's like saying, I want you to draw me a circle with three corners on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Dude, <laughs> circles don't have corners. <laughs> but I want them to. Yes. Because it would be a good thing if circles had corners. Yes. It might be a good thing when you like it for what reason I don't understand. But it ain't going to change. Yeah. Well, I think it goes along with um, uh, Americans really having a a desire to pretend reality isn't here so that they can continue to be self-absorbed and and not address what's going on around them because it's too hard. And there are a lot of Americans waking up, I think, but is Europe uh, in, in any way further ahead of us in addressing this issue or what is your thoughts on that? To some degree, yes. Uh, let me give you an example. Russia is very aware of the danger of Islam. Listen to this statistic. One third of all Russian troops are Muslim from the Stans, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, and those. Mm -hmm. So they have 
there, the, Soviet, the USSR, back when it had the Soviet Union, there were many, many Muslims in it, and they're still here now. Now, one of the things that's to our advantage here is, I have a group of people called the Center for the Study of Political Islam International, and we do work in Europe. And one of the things is, is that we work with the Russians. That you may think that's kind of crazy, who would go work with the Russians? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, is the principle here. Mm-hmm. Art of war. Art of war. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Soviets, no, the Soviets are gone. The Russians don't care for Islam. They don't have to be explained and persuaded that this is, a, this is not good. Whereas we're dealing with a Methodist minister here in Tennessee, the first thing we've got to convince him is there can be any wrong in Islam because he's of this, many, many people are of this mind that if we treat them nice, they'll treat us nice. Well, it turns out there's 13 verses in the Quran which state very clearly that the Muslim is never the friend of a Kafir. That's a non-Muslim. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're not your friend, they can be very friendly. Let me tell you where you can go find friendly people that are not your friend. Go to use car lot. <laughs> exactly. Good, good, good because good. They, they, they are friendly. I'll guarantee you that because I've been on a used car lot. But they're not your friend. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to denigrate the salesman. I'm just saying that. Yeah, they have the same mindset. They're doing a job. Where they're doing a job. Yeah. One is doing jihad and the other is trying to make money. Uh, For the latter. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. well, everything is under attack as far as, you know, our traditional uh, Judeo-Christian values, as you well know. Uh, and everybody, everybody, um, all I, I believe that all this is being orchestrated on purpose. All this wokeness, uh, all of this is an attempt to destroy our country. Um, and what surprises me are the women of the left, uh, you know, uh, enabling this and encouraging this when Islam victimizes so many women and treats women like they're they're not even human. Uh, well, there is that, but people put their personal ideologies up against the facts, and the facts lose most of the time. That's why they they call it your truth, right? What right, is your truth. <laughs> There's only truth. You have an odd logical mind. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I think that's a good compliment. That'll get you in trouble. Yeah, it will. Trust me, I know. Yeah, yeah. So we had talked briefly about all of the sexual assaults going on in Europe and, and things being, do you think they're being covered up as long as we're talking about this? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're being covered up in the United States, that's for sure. And they're even covered up in Europe. A tragedy came in Britain in which there were hundreds of girls who were groomed, sexually groomed. They were being basically made into whores, except they didn't cost anything. There were police and there were social workers who knew this was going on, but they didn't want to talk about it. Why didn't they want to take up talk about it? Because they would be racist. They would be Islamophobes. 
So these women suffered years of damage because some bloody cop or social worker or media person didn't want to talk about this because that would be Islamophobia. Right. I'm astounded. I'm astounded. How many people will let their behavior be judged by calling them names? I mean, right. I've been called all kinds of names. Trust me on that. I don't care. But yet there are many people who are very much afraid of being called names. Because one of the things that can happen to you is, is that when I first started speaking on the subject of Islam, I had an article written up in me by a local newspaper reporter who didn't care for me. Actually, what he did, he loved all Muslims. Mm-hmm. He was he was a uh, Methodist, I believe. He wrote up an article for, about me that was appeared on the front page of the Tennessee, and that was back when it was a real newspaper. And I was on the front page, and I was called, and I didn't. They didn't call me an Islamophobe because the word hadn't been invented yet. But I was put on the front page of the newspaper three different times. As a consequence of this, I wound up being on the Southern Poverty Law Center's bigot award. And it did have effects with me. It had a lot of effects. The point I'm making here is that I don't give a rip what you think. If I believe in what I think and I'm going to do it, I don't care whether you like it or don't like it. I bring this up because it used to be in America, we had a whole population that was full of this. Yes. And now then everybody's so afraid that they'll offend somebody. Yes. Well, I'm a very polite person. I don't, I'm not rude. I don't yell at people, but I will, if I think that you're off the point and it's important to correct it, I'm not to be excessively argumentative. I'll talk about it. And when it comes to protecting women, I'll talk about it loud and frequently. We'll get right back to the interview with Dr. Warner. One thing I want to point out as we go through this show is that um, when we discuss Islam, Dr. Warner and I, he makes it a point to to say that Islam is more of a political system than it is a religion. And he explained that in detail on the, the last show I had him on. Um, but take take these interviews from that context, and I think it... Uh, I think it brings out of the whole Islamophobic thing because we're really looking at this from a political standpoint. So we'll be right back to the rest of of that interview right after this. Season's greetings, my fellow patriots. Why not give the gift of reading this Christmas, either to yourself or somebody you love? Patriot Review contributor, retired Captain Robert Firth, has opened his Santa bag full of books. You can choose four ebooks for the price of one. That's four ebooks for $9.50. Use the code SANTA at checkout. Go to redbloodedpatriots.com and check them out today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at mypillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR 
and get up to 66% off right now. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Terrible crimes go on. Moral failures simply because they don't want to be guilty of, of, right. of offending Muslims. Right. Well, it's so much deeper. It's, that is the truth on every topic you talk about. Our free speech is being curtailed. Uh, you know, there's FBI raiding um, moms' homes. There was a, uh, I don't know if you follow Frank's speech, but there was a, uh, a, a woman in Colorado. The FBI knocked her door down. She was homeschooling her children. They drug one of her girl girls up the steps by her, by her hoodie, and um, they handcuffed her, and they searched her house, and this is all because she stood up to the school board, and they are doing exactly what has occurred. Yes, and that's what's the happening. The FBI now has become a political police. It's yes. no longer a criminal police; it's a political police. Well, I'll offer. I don't one. know. Maybe they maybe they still catch bank robbers. I don't know. Well, they but catch I've seen kids time who are, and time again where the police have a political position that they're implementing. Yeah, and they have they they catch kids who are defending themselves. Now, thankfully, uh, to some of my uh, my fellow Wisconsinites that were on the jury for Kyle Rittenhouse, they found him not guilty of all charges today. Oh, so really? I didn't know that. They did. So um, I think it's an awesome victory. Yes. Uh, and the, sa the same thing is happening. I mean, you, you can't defend yourself. You can't talk about things, you know, and people, uh, our, our kids, as we talked about in the last time I had you on, you know, the kids have been softened to the point that they're snowflakes and they have to have their, sa their safe spaces, a lot of them. I will say that the Gen Zers are, as kids do, are, are uh, rebuking what's going on. And actually more of them are conservatives than the generation that preceded them. So, uh, you know, I see some areas of hope, but specifically on this problem, is Europe actually doing anything that we can look to as a possible solution for our own issues here in the United States? Well, first off, they can see it's a problem. For instance, there are riots in France in which, and the Banalus, which are basically the Islamic slums, are very dangerous to go into. And that is recognized. Let me tell you a little, a very small story, which I find interesting because I know all the people involved in the event. Okay. A man here in Nashville, Tennessee was quite wealthy and he was very, very much involved in politics. 
So he took the Speaker of the State House and a senator from Memphis and a third person whom I forget. Took him to London. He says, I want to show you what's actually going on. After London, they went to Brussels. They had a members of the Brussels government accompany them throughout Brussels. And now one of these people who is the Speaker of the House is a former policeman. And he said, I suddenly realized as we were getting in the Muslim areas that cell phones were popping out. People were leaning out of windows. He said, we're being watched. Mm-hmm. Not too long later, in a few minutes, a man came up to you and he says, leave now. And the gentleman from the Muslim, Brussels government says, I'm with the government. He says, you're not in Brussels now. You're in Morocco. Leave now or you will be harmed. Well, when they came back, it turned out that one of the senator from Memphis was a black man. And he said, I've seen some hate in my time, but I've never seen hate like that. This means not only is it happening in France, there's a lot of people who know it is happening to the point they're willing to talk about it. Now, there's maybe everyone under believes it, but nobody wants to talk about it. So the, the fact is, is that part of Europe, as this guy said, this is Morocco. This is not Europe. And there are more Europeans who understand that than there are in America. Now, the problem is they're deeper into the problem. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so 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 what do you think it's going to take for us to get to that point other than just talking more like we are today? Is there specific things that need to happen? We need to know what Islam is so that when our friends are talking to us about the virtues of Islam, we can tell them what the facts of the matter are. You see, the trouble with me is I'm a scientist. I'm really keen on facts. And so my weapon, if you will, are arguments and facts. Now, we're getting further ahead with this in Europe than we are here. Let me give you an example. My group in Europe Center for the Study of Political Islam International, gave a talk to the equivalent of the Austrian FBI. They loved it. They in particular loved the part about using proper words, proper language. It's not terrorism, it's jihad. Right. So they're more willing to listen. We've been able to speak with the Minister of the Interior in Spain, Minister of the Interior in France, I can't get the time of day from any from any political officials in the United States. So they're more willing to listen because they're deeper into the problem. Well, is this a good thing? Well, it's kind of a yes, no problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In the sense of it's good that you're waking up, but it's terrible that the beast is in the house. Yeah, we have no we have no politicians that have or very few politicians that have the grit to actually do anything, do we? It's a handful. Yeah. It's a handful. But the problem is, is that history does not move in a straight line. So I keep plugging away at it. I'm an old man, but I, I'll be, I'll die with my, what's, what's the Marine saying, die in a sack of brass. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, that's my business plan. That, because the civilization that Islam wants to implement, the Sharia civilization, has nothing in common with ours. It's, a, and it's I don't diametrically want, I, opposed. Yes, it has different morality. It has. It even has a different reasoning and logic. 
-hmm. And the reasoning and logic points out to the fact that it doesn't believe in cause and effect. Everything is through the will of the law. And so it also it doesn't use different reasoning. It also has different morality. So what would you say to a Muslim who's watching this conversation right now? Give me a call. Let's debate. All right. And do you do that much? Do you get do you get much? Um, do you get much? only upon occasion? Yeah, I love debate. Yeah, I even wrote a book on debate called Factual Persuasion. Is that available at your website? Yes, it is. In it's the website. only book ever been written on how to debate about Islam. So that is on uh, politicalislam.com, right? Yes. Yes, politicalislam.com. <clears throat> I have it next to your name here that pops up. So everybody, if you go to that website and check it out. Um, last question. Uh, we're gone. We've gone already 25 minutes, believe it or not. Every time we talk, it goes very fast, but... Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. We'll definitely we'll definitely have you back, of course. But um, what what um, what do you say to the women that I mentioned that are really letting all the other women in in our country down by by their inaction? And it's not just women I know, but specifically where we're talking about. Um, sexual exploitation and uh, women being victims. So so what can we do to, to get the ladies to step up for other women in this country and around the world, basically? We seem to have a global disease. The church won't stand up. I've spoken in churches and I've asked three questions. First question is, how many Muslims are you converted? The next question is, how many Christians in the Middle East and Africa do you support? And there was a third part, which I've forgotten. But those are my, main, my two main questions. This is to churches. When you talk to women's lib, a close friend of mine used to be president of the uh, women's, uh, one of the women's lib groups. And she wanted to discuss the issue of Islam. They wouldn't do it. The point I'm making here is, is that more and more, it's though we don't want to defend any part of our society. It's not just Islam. It's not mm -hmm. just immigration. Right. It's not just women. Right. It's like we've become gutless, to use a word that I like. We don't have a lot of grit. Once again, it goes back to our education, our yes. educational system and curriculum. Um, well, thanks for being here today. We'll pick it. We'll pick it up again, and and we'll, we'll introduce some other subjects into this. But I encourage everybody to check out your website at politicalislam.com. There's all kinds of material. One thing we didn't reference today that you also have on there is kind of a, a three three level um, uh, course to really understand Islam. So, folks, if you want to check that out, I highly recommend it. Uh, Bill, thanks once again, and we will definitely talk again as your schedule permits. Thank you. We don't seem to have any problem with dead air. No, we don't. <laughs> we'll see thanks you a soon. Lot. Yep. Bye-bye. It's always a pleasure to talk to Bill. I have a second guest coming up 
right after this break. Now, his name is Aikyu Al-Razuli. He is going to uh, actually talk to him over the phone. Uh, another uh, wealth of information and a gentleman who has been fighting the fight for some 30 years now. So we'll have him right after this break. Don't miss it. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. Welcome today to the Patriot Review, uh, IQ Al-Razuli, who yep. is an author and focuses on Islam and what Islam actually is about. So welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Now, you have, you have written several books, and one is uh, a series of three, I believe, right? Lifting the Veil. Yeah, it's a trilogy, Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. Yes. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you. I've, I've, had, uh, I've had Dr. Bill Warner on as well to talk about Islam. And what I wanted to talk to you about today, first of all, is your books and uh, where people can get them. And then uh, talk a little bit about American politics and how there is a, uh, a jihad of sorts to take over America from the inside, and, the, and especially in the political realm. So why don't you tell, tell us about your books, what you want us to know about your books, where should we go to get them? Well, let me put you in the background. I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, so my background is Arabic. My language, my mother tongue is Arabic. I was educated in Iraq. My parents were secular. They sent me to Europe to study. And when I came to Europe, I was able to access a lot of information that I wasn't able to do in Iraq, especially when de dealing with the, uh, the Old Testament and New Testament and other religions. Because in Iraq, you are concentrating on Islamic culture, Islamic history, and the Quran. So when I started comparing the verses in the Quran, which mentioned characters from the Bible with the actual biblical report, report they were completely different. They were literally no relationship between the two. So I'm thinking, how is it possible if Allah is the same as the God of the Bible, that there are so many mistakes in the Quran? 
So I went on a period of 30 years researching this subject. And I have really mastered it. And this is not a boast. I have one and a half million dollars, or I have had so far, one and a half million dollars worth of challenges to every human being on the planet who either reads my book or listens to my talks and try to prove me wrong on anything I say. So far, nobody has taken a dime from me. So my trilogy is, in essence, 248 videos, which are all also on the internet, which address every facet of Islam anybody can imagine. It's called Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Mohammedan Islam at Barnes and & Noble and in Amazon. Okay. Most people don't understand because they are not capable of absorbing a simple fact. And the simple fact is that Islam is not a religion. Islam is a cult belief system, the cult of Muhammad. Why do I say that? Because Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible. And since Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible, nobody revealed anything to Muhammad because every letter, every word, every verse, and every chapter in the Quran are the product of Muhammad's imagination, the secretions of his warped mind, but very cleverly projected into the unsuspecting mass of Allah and Jibreel, uh, alleged to be the angel Gabriel, to give them the aura of sanctity and, and divinity. To come to this conclusion, you have to study not only the Quran, but 12,000 verses of the Hadith. When you master that, then you will be able to come to exactly this conclusion. Islam is a political, secularist, very aggressive belief system. Every single verse in the Quran, by the way, there are 6,236 verses. You cannot find a single verse in the Quran which shows any compassion or mercy towards unbelievers. Unbelievers mean non-Muslims, kuffar. They call them kuffar. They call them infidels. It's a derogatory term. It is mandated in the Quran, and people don't seem to understand that or don't want to accept it. In chapter 2, in the Quran, in chapter 2, Al-Baqarah, the Quran instructs every single follower of Muhammad. Chapter 2, verse 216. I will recite it to you. And anybody listening, all they have to do is Google chapter 2, 216. The verse says, Jihad, holy fighting in Allah's cause is ordained for you Muslims, though you dislike it. And it may be that you dislike a thing which is good for you and that you like a thing which is bad for you. Allah knows, but you do not know. In summation, this single verse, and that I can give you another hundred verses, similar. They incite every follower of Muhammad to commit murder, plunder, death and destruction upon non-Muslims. When Muhammad declared this verse, he created a division in humanity. He divided human beings into the, his followers, they call them Muslims, and non-Muslims. And he declared total war and eternal war unless and until all of humanity submits to Allah's Sharia. Otherwise, they either submit to Islam or exterminated. 
Jihad, as I said, which is holy fighting in Allah's cause, has two components, two variations. War Jihad, which is committed by people like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Boko Haram, and all the other terrorists of Islam. And then you have Stealth Jihad. Now, Stealth Jihad is conducted by whom? By the people who are stupid and ignorant, who know nothing about Islam, who call them moderate Muslims. There is no such thing as a moderate Muslim, a militant Muslim, uh, a radical Muslim, or anything I type of Muslim. You are either a follower of Muhammad, following Allah Sharia, or you are outsider. So there are no it, shades. So the, is it fair to say that the, the Quran lays out more, more of a political system rather than a faith? Um, it is a political military as well as a social system. Okay, it's with com- Sharia. It's a combination of all three of them, by the way. Gotcha. So with Sharia law, basically, that's that deals more with the social structure than what's what's expected Look, uh, of individuals the, the, within the faith. Correct. The social structure is okay. It says you have to pray, you have to pay charity, you have to fast, you have to do hajj. But the most, these are the five pillars of Islam, they call them. But the sixth pillar is the most important pillar, but no Muslim imam will ever mention it, which is jihad. And the reason they don't mention it is because it's obscene, it's offensive. So don't, they don't tell you that the most important pillar of Islam is jihad. Or, or Muhammad remember, said, sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead, finish that thought. No, no, it's very important. Your uh, questions are more important than my answers. Well, you know, I, I just was thinking back as you, were, as you were talking, I was thinking back to after 9-11 and you had mentioned uh, care. Um, before we went live. And I remember that there being something said about when a, um, in history, when when something was, uh, the conquest was successful or the jihad was successful, one of the first things that was done is that they would build a mosque. Absolutely true. That's true. And that's why they wanted to build a mosque on the exact spot of where the Twin Towers were. Right. And how come Americans, and it's not just us, I mean, Americans just got done learning the lesson that the Russians learned back when Ronald Reagan was president in Afghanistan. There's no such thing as winning in, in that situation. Why, why doesn't the Western civilization see that? Because they're stupid, with all due respect. Can you imagine after 9-11, Bush says that Islam is a religion of peace? In 1400 years of of history, the last 1400 years, there was never a single year of peace with Islam. By the way, you had Bill Warner, as you said. Yes. He is one of the most incredible authorities on statistics of Islam. I've shown I've shown uh, some of his videos. I've had him on twice. Uh, actually, he'll be uh, he'll be on this show along with you at, when it airs this coming. That would be lovely. Sunday and. So one one of the things I liked that he really did was you remember when Obama was president and he was criticizing Christianity at the prayer breakfast and he was talking about making Correct. it sound making it sound like Christianity was the same as Islam and guilty of things and then you know the Bill comes along and he's got a video about how there were battles all over uh, Europe and in the Middle East and, Correct. and then yes, yes. he's amazing he's absolutely yeah. amazing. His statistics are based on facts. 
My statistics are not statistics in numbers. Mine is based on the Quran and Hadith. So this what is why out of a million and a half, one and a half million dollars, nobody has ever taken a dime from me or was willing to confront me. Not one. So what do we? Not what, a single imam. What is Sorry. the what is the answer to this? I you know I don't see I don't see Western civilization is, like telling the truth in schools or you know we we seem to want to live in our little fantasies and have our have our latest gadgets and and uh, concentrate on wealth you know and and it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope. So what there are is the hope steps? if there is will. When there is a will, there is always a way. There's no question about it. I mean, the most important example was when John F. Kennedy said we'll go to the moon within 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he did. America did. And less than 10 years. He reached to the stars and he was able to achieve it. Why the American people were able to achieve it at that moment of time. The problem with Islam Nobody wants to accept that a religion or so-called a religion is so vile. Well, it is vile. There is not a single verse in the whole of the Quran that shows any mercy to any human being who is not a Muslim. None. It doesn't exist. By the way, something else. Whenever there are charities, let's say there was a problem in Indonesia, the Western world, especially the Christians, sent them hundreds of millions of dollars in help. Do you know in 1400 years, Muslims never give a dime to help a Christian. Double check me. I did not know that, but that well, makes double sense. Well, double check me. I always sense. say to my people, double check me. You will not find a single Muslim entity, a charitable one, which gave any money to help Christians in, in distress. It doesn't happen. But the Christians stupidly go and do it. Yes. And what do I say stupidly? Because there is no, they hate you. So why do you do it? Well, there was you know what Anjam Chaudhry, Anjam Chaudhry is an imam in England. He says everything that a Christian gives to the Muslims is jizya, the one we are talking about. Jizya is penalty for not being a Muslim. So uh, from his point of view, you're not doing him a favor. You're not giving him charity. You are being subservient by giving him the money. So we're in our culture in our in our culture things are kind of you know I think at least lately and, and I think one of America's problems is that they have pulled away from Christianity in general and they're not willing to they're not willing to step up and make a statement about even these days even the number of genders that exist we're sitting here talking about all this ridiculous nonsense and there used to be a time when this this country would have called treason what it is, for example. And we have people right now in our Congress who in the past probably would have been found guilty on treason, but we look the other way and we look the other way in our Correct. society. Correct. You know why? Because most Americans have forgotten about God. I'm not a religious person, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a religious person. But I'll tell you what. I believe this. When you forgo God, God for, for, forgets you. Yes. And this is what's happening in America. You don't use God anymore. You don't thank God anymore. You don't approve of God anymore. The immorality is immense. How do you expect to survive? Agreed. That's, that's, exactly, you. Why, that's exactly why I do this. And 
uh, you know, I believe, you know, I don't, who knows what kind of impact I have as, as an individual, but it certainly is better than standing on the sidelines. And I think um, Americans need to do that. You've been, you've been doing this, what, 30 years? You've been trying to I've been it? working on this 30 years, but I've been doing American radio reports. By the way, this is my 1,875 radio interview. Well, I'm still honored, even though it took so long. <laughs> it's my honor to listen. I love, I love talking to you guys to educate Americans. I'm doing it free of charge. I'm not asking right. for money. I don't even want you to buy my book if you don't want to. I don't care. My mission in life is to enlighten humanity about the danger of Islam. It's that simple. It's not complicated. Yes. So we had we had mentioned uh, care and we mentioned American politics. So tell me about what you see coming in the future, given we have now um, people within our own Congress that start to say that Sharia should be the law of the nation. And anybody who says that, by the way, any American who says that should be dismissed from the America and should be removed from American soil. Sharia must never take root in America. Sharia is a nemesis of every single article in the American Constitution or in any constitution on earth. You ask me for a solution. Yes. I have a solution. What's that? But people don't want to hear it. You must ban every mosque in America. Why do I say that? They will say, ah, it's a religion. No, it's not a religion. What do they teach the people in the mosque? The verses of the Quran. What do the verses of the Quran tell the people in the mosque? To hate the very people they live among. To hate them. Mm -hmm. Never to be loyal. If we had time, I will recite next time we have five, only five verses out of 6,000, I can give you five, which will prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is impossible and inconceivable for a Sharia compliant Muslim to be both a good Muslim and a loyal citizen in America or yeah. anywhere else outside Dar al-Islam. We have time if you want to do that. Um, yeah, I can do it. Sure. No problem. Let's go for it. I, I love that. Hold on. Talking about uh, jihad, I'm going to quote, by the way, in chapter and verse, so people can either put it down in writing or follow it up. Yes. Sahih Muslim Hadith 4631, recited by Abu Huraira. He says, I heard Muhammad say, I love that I should be killed in Allah's cause, jihad. Then I should be brought back to life and be killed again in jihad. Sahih al-Bukhari, Hadith 450, narrated by Anas bin Malik. The Prophet said, a single endeavor of fighting in Allah's cause, qital fi sabilillah, so I'm using it in Arabic so people understand I speak Arabic, which is jihad, is better than the world and whatever is in it. I mean, when you have all this, what more do you need to be explained to you about jihad? I want to know. We talk about supremacy. Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 51. And listen carefully, please. Mm -hmm. O ye who believe, Muslims, take not the Jews, Yahud, in Arabic, and the Christians, Nasara, in Arabic, for your friends and protectors. They are but friends and protectors to each other, and he amongst you that turns to them for friendship is of them. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening, 
The implications of the last sentence is of immense importance that I repeat it. And he amongst you that turns to them for friendship is of the meaning that any followers of Muhammad who befriend or under the rule of Christians or Jews or any other non-Muslim group would be considered apostate to Islam, enemies of Islam to be slaughtered. Does that make sense to you? I mean, do yes. you understand what I'm telling you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Another verse. Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 28, verse 28. Let not the believers, Muslim, take for their friends or helpers unbelievers, kuffar. That means Jews, Christians, anybody who's not a Muslim, rather than believers. If any do that, in nothing will there be of help from Allah. So what else do I want to tell you? I mean, this is Islam. Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 85. If anyone desires a religion other than Islam, submission to Allah, never will it be accepted of him. If this is not racism, I don't know what is racism. Yes, absolutely. So, you see, in a nutshell, no Muslim in the USA or any non-Muslim country can ever be loyal to the American Constitution because the American Constitution is man-made, not from Allah's Sharia. Nor can any Muslim in the USA or any non-Muslim country be a loyal a loyal citizen because non-Muslim Americans are called infidels, kuffar, unbelievers, kafirun, to be either subjugated or exterminated. So two, two questions that I have for you based on the situation today. Number one, um, I think that everything that you're saying is absolutely spot on and absolutely correct. And I know you know that, but to, to those that are watching, I think two things will come up automatically from an American's mouth. Number one would be, yes, but there are moderates. There are people who like to compare the Quran to uh, the Old Testament and say that Christian, you know, Christians went through a reformation and there are moderate Muslims that, you know, seem to be, seem to be of the same mind. How do you answer that? Simple. There are 57 Muslim-majority states in the world. Can you find a single one of them which is moderate? Except for the AEU at the moment. Show me one. All of them are dysfunctional. All of them are dictatorial, theocracies, or... I mean, they have no freedom. There is no freedom in any Muslim country. It cannot have freedom because Sharia rules. And when Sharia rules, you cannot have freedom. Most important thing, 50% of the Muslim group in the humanity, out, out one and a half billion people, 750 million of them are women who are treated one little step higher up the ladder of evolution than domestic animals. So tell me, where is so great about Islam? I was, I was just going to bring that up. You know, the American left likes to paint itself as the... the, the um, you know, the supporters or the the advancers of civil rights and equal rights and women's rights, uh, feminism, yet they seem to give Islam a pass. And again, Only to Islam. Only to Islam. And I'll tell you why. Because they know if they open their mouth, some Muslim will cut their throat off. They know that. Look what, happened, what happens when the, you had the cartoons in France. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
and everybody went out in the street and we said we are all have uh, the same company as the cartoon people. But they did nothing. Not a single news media published any of them. So right. what, what are we discussing? Right. People are scared, but they shouldn't be scared. There's the minute you are scared, you lost the game. There's this laziness that permeates Americans, and I think all of Western civilization again. Correct. Yeah. They, they're like, um, they don't want to believe anything bad. And it seems like something terrible has to happen in order for them even to entertain that thought. And then after 10 years, they even forget about that. And this is after long... one year, they forgot, honestly. After 9 11, yeah. they forgot. Well, I'm it's... not kidding you. After, one, after 9 11, they said it was done either by the Mossad or by the FBI or by the CIA, but not by the Muslims. The truth tellers in this country are the ones who are attacked. And they consistently are. And Americans just want to go back to their lives. They don't want to have any conflict. They don't want to, all the kids, if you talk to kids for the past 20 years, you always hear, don't judge me. Don't judge this. Don't judge them. But in reality, you have to have a moral compass, don't you? And that's what's missing from from you our, have no, at the moment you have no moral compass in because America. because faith is missing religion is missing our God our Correct. our Correct. foundation or Judeo Christian values As I said, is missing when you forget about God God forgets about you and will be and that is the beginning of the end invariably it is the beginning of the end yes I agree and we're coming up on two hundred and what fifty years or whatever so uh, when you start talking about civilizations and how long they last. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at. Yeah, what, but it shouldn't be like that. I agree with you, Jeff. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it it takes 200 to 240 years before a collapse. Yeah. But there is no reason to collapse. None. But the left, the left are the criminals. The news media is leftist. Yes. The judiciary system is leftist. Your education system is leftist. You see, American parents allowed their children to be indoctrinated for the last 60 years because they were too busy making money and not looking at what their children being indoctrinated with. This is why you have dysfunctional children. Agreed. And absolutely. you have, you have a, a complete generation or two generations of dysfunctional people. Look at what they're, they're doing. They're burning cities and nobody lifts a finger to defend the city. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But how right. can you justify it? How can anybody justify it? Well, you know what's failed us? I mean, the left hasn't really failed us because the, the left, the far left has always been this way. It's, you know, it's, it's like I like to say to my viewers that, you know, stop talking about Democrats and Republicans. There's really a uniparty there. These people are playing a game to get more power and more wealth. Absolutely true. The Republicans don't stand up. And the people, the people actually think that their vote is going to make a difference. And while it, while it maybe can, uh, you know, th this is nothing that's going to be taken care of for us. And we have to, we have to start taking a stand and and telling the truth and accepting the truth. And uh, you know, everything that you say, people should, should people should, uh, people should read your books. And you said you can get those on. Amazon, you mentioned. You don't even have to. Look, I don't sell. I, I'm the only person who's an author who doesn't give a damn about people buying it. <laughs> Why? Because it's all free of charge on my on the internet. Yes, you're more concerned with the cause. Which I need 
people to wake up. Yes. I need hundreds of millions of people to wake up. I don't expect 10 million people to buy my books. I don't care. I want people to learn and it's free of charge. All they have to do is Google my name, Al Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. First 10 pages in Google will be mine. Yes, I got you. Free of charge. I was looking through some of the some of the pages, and then of course there are some there's some people that um, you know are 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 downplaying or criticizing you for your views. Of course, that's going to be listen from there. here to eternity. I yeah. don't care. I'll tell you yeah. why. Yeah. I always say to my accuser, if you prove me wrong, you have two hundred thousand dollars. Prove me wrong. Yes. Well, the other thing that I that I like to say is when people are getting upset about something you're saying, you're telling the truth. You're over the target, as they say. You know, so they're angry because I'm telling the truth. That's why they're angry. Yeah, exactly. The same thing with you. When you give the, when you tell the truth, they're upset with you because you are telling the truth that they don't, they don't want to accept it. But that's their problem, not my problem. Yes, exactly right. Um, so you know, our time is already going here. So I would love to have you back and talk more specifically. As many times as you want, I'm ready for you. You give me 24 hours. My Mondays are good for me. Okay. Excellent. So if you want another Monday, tell me, email me, tell me when. Excellent. I will do that. Definitely. Thank you so much. God bless you. You take care. You too. God bless you. Thank thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Two great guests on the topic of Islam. I want to just uh, emphasize again that, um, number one, we view Islam, at least when we talk about it on this show, we're talking about the political Islam, Sharia in particular, uh, the concerns that we have about uh, some of the people within the United States and within Europe that want to destroy the current system of governance and in favor of Sharia. So that's a special point of emphasis. Now, I will have both those gentlemen back and it will be a shorter segment, but um, it's going to be called Ion Islam, and I showed you the opening for that before we started with both these gentlemen today. So be looking to that or for that. Um, I'd also like to get your opinion on what you heard today. You can uh, leave a message under the video. That would be awesome. You can also email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. That's redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. Obviously, this whole topic uh, is one that is critical and critically important. But we still have a long way to go in uh, fixing 2020. We have uh, CRT and other uh, other things going on in education that we have to be aware of and going after and changing. So there's no shortage of ways to get involved. And I really hope that you decide it's time to get up and get involved and, and uh, do something in any of these areas that you're passionate about. I thought that we would, um, go out and hopefully give you a chuckle, go out and end the show with um, a video that, that I'm going to show you that I just shamelessly pulled from YouTube, um, but it's called Taliban Joe by Rock Peters. It's a little music video song that he wrote. So I'll see you back here uh, next week, four o'clock. We'll stream at the same time. God bless you and we'll see you soon.
against America. Biden commits non-stop treason. Under brain dead Biden, America has suffered its greatest defeat. Biden announced our withdrawal. The Taliban knew of our retreat. Because of Biden's weakness, spineless Biden president, Taliban, Taliban, Taliban Joe. A ten-year-old child would have the sense to know to evacuate all the Americans from Afghanistan before our soldiers go. Yeah.